Welcome to the Andrea Ingstrom Show. I'm passionate about helping you break through to your next level of abundance, success, and freedom so that you can create the life you desire and inspire others to do the same. I'm your host, Andrea Ingstrom, and on today's show, we're going to talk about setting yourself apart in a crowded industry by creating meaningful uniqueness as a brand. Jill Bates, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? Great. It's so good to see you today. I've been wanting to do this interview for a long time, so I'm so grateful to have you. So for our listeners who haven't met you yet, um, Jill has been in the real estate industry for more than 35 years. She is the founder of Best Real Estate in Sheridan, Wyoming. She's an EXP realty team of several agents, including her two sons who are also real estate agents. Jill has her master's in organizational management, is the co-owner of Sunrise Home Construction, and is a certified home stager. She has a unique approach to creating extra value to her real estate clients. So today, we're going to talk about how to use your strengths to set yourself apart from the competition in business. So Jill, talk to us about your entrepreneurial journey. How did you get started in real estate? Well, I, it wasn't something I expected. You know, I grew up with a dad that was an attorney and a mom that was a high school counselor. So, I mean, he, I guess he was an entrepreneur and such that he was a partner in the partnership, but it wasn't anything I ever thought about, knew about. Um, I just kind of married into it. So my <laughs> mother-in-law, you know, be, it was a real estate broker, my uh, uh, father-in-law was a contractor. So they were more on the entrepreneurial path than, than I was, uh, what I grew up in. Anyhow, so at age 20, I had been working in a small printing company just as a side job while I was working on my bachelor's degree. And I um, decided, what the heck, I'm going to go start my own. So at age 20, I opened a small printing business. I started a small town newspaper. I got oh, my real cool. estate license. Yeah, I got my first real estate license and uh, was finishing my bachelor's and got married all in the same year. It was a great year. <laughs> so um, I, yeah, that sounds like a classic entrepreneur. It's like, what's one more thing? Let's do it all. <laughs> well, and I was in a small area. And so they also asked me to be the Chamber of Commerce president. So I was like, I'm 20, you know. <laughs> so what do you do next, right? So yeah. um, anyway, uh, I that's what, what started it. For some reason, I just decided, you know what? I can go do this. And of course, everybody, my employees were older than me. Every, you know, it, but, and the, actually the community, it was a lot of elders, um, uh, but that's really where I started at age 20. I just decided what the heck, let's do this and we'll see where it takes us and had a great time. And from there, just have always been kind of, uh, in that entrepreneurial world with my husband being a contractor. Um, like I said, I've been, I grew up in real estate and new construction as an adult. Uh, once we went, once we stepped off the cliff and got married, it was all, all construction and real estate with a bunch of other things in between. That's amazing. So tell us about where you do business and what is that area like in terms of real estate for agents out there? So as you mentioned, I'm in Wyoming. So for those who don't know Wyoming, Wyoming is a population of 500,000 people, the whole state. And so a lot of times people have a hard time even getting their head around it. They're like, gosh, my town is small or is bigger than your whole state. Um, and we have a lot of road to travel. Uh, but so the community I'm actually in, so I can service all of Wyoming, obviously with my Wyoming license, but, um, uh, because of the distance between our towns, we, we kind of focus more in, uh, what's Sheridan County and Johnson County. 
And um, then most mostly beyond that, we'll refer out just because of the distance and we get weather like you do in Colorado. Uh, yeah. So when you've got roads closed and stuff like that, and you can't get there. Uh, it doesn't make much sense. So um, our population for our county is about 40,000. We have a lot of small little towns around it. Sheridan proper is about 18,000. So okay. we have, uh, you know, not a huge population by any means uh, that we're serving, but uh, in Johnson County, we pick up another 10, probably 10,000. Okay. And what's the average home price in that area? So for years, pre-COVID for years, we were like around 220,000. Uh, okay. Now post-COVID that changed our world a bit. And we um, were in that high threes, low fours running as an average right now. Okay. So tell us what else you've seen happening over the next, the last couple of years, as it goes, as it goes to like competition popping up, are more people getting into the business or leaving the business? Like what's the competition look like in your town as far as uh, real estate agents goes? So that, that has been interesting for sure. So COVID was a huge driver for a lot of people, obviously. Um, Cause you know, historically um, when you would recruit somebody to our area, a lot of times spousal employment was a, a challenge, right? And so now with with so many people being able to work from home, we're, we're able to have other people come into our area. And some some feel like, oh, I'll do the real estate gig too. It's easy, right? Go show homes. They're pretty. Mm -hmm. um, so what we saw is pre-COVID, we might've had like 110 agents in, in our area and about 10 brokerages. And then through COVID, every month we were inducting another 10, another 10, another 10. And so uh, we got to about 250 agents. Um, wow. Just that at a time, and about 46 brokerages. Everybody was throwing their hat in the ring and saying, hey, I want a piece of the pie too. So wow. obviously we don't have, just like everywhere in the United States, there's low inventory everywhere. And so it's not unique to us by any means. It's just with our population, it's just, we're just that much smaller. Um, so when you had that many different people trying to take a piece of the pie, you know that in time people are going to starve. They're just, they're not going to be able to make a living in this business. And sometimes people are just doing it part-time and sometimes like with me, I'm a full-time agent. So it's a total different uh, demand um, and uh, drive and that kind of thing. What's going to make you survive. So, um, so we've seen this huge, um, even in, by January of this year, as you can see, interest rates go up um, this past summer and fall, people start to get nervous, you know, uh, refis were stopping. So um, it became like crickets there. It got a little quiet. And so when people have to renew and at the end of the year, um, we immediately started seeing, uh, I think the first drop, we saw about 25 Oh, go wow. inactive and several different companies started to pull out because they didn't want to pay the extra fees. So that was kind of the start of it. Then in February, we started to see a few more. Now we probably won't see a huge drop off that we can see statistically until the next year when it renews because their license are already there and mm -hmm. uh, whether they're active or not, um, there's plenty of people with the zero volume. And so yeah. you know what, you know, what's coming, but mm -hmm. um Anyway, so it's been dramatically different. You go from an industry and an environment where three seconds on the market and you've got 12 deals and people right. are overbidding by 100 grand or whatever to now we have a healthier environment for sure. Um, but the houses are on the market a few weeks, potentially, um, if they're priced right, they might go quicker. Mm -hmm. But most of them, people are having time to make more of a thoughtful decision, which is good. 
Wow. So I'm trying to think of another industry that would have seen the competition literally double when there's a hundred people in business. And then it's like the next year there's 200, 250 um, in the competition. Like that is a dramatic shift. So in that kind of environment, you know, over the years, you've, you've done some really cool things to separate yourself from competition. Um, but it, that seems like it was really important over the last couple, a couple of years. So, so tell us about what are some things that you do differently in, in your business than maybe what other realtors are doing? Sure. Um, so a couple things. So if I have somebody, especially coming in from out of state, um, my philosophy has always been, this is a big decision to come to Sheridan, Wyoming. And probably because I have the knowledge of historically it being very difficult uh, for spousal employment. And if, if, if both sides aren't bought in or we don't have the services and things that they need, they're not going to stay. And so I'm bigger mind. I was born and raised here. You know, I want good people in our community that want to be here, not forced to be here kind of thing. And so um, from the start, I always call it my chamber of commerce tour. So uh -huh. if you're coming to my area, we have a, we have a long discussion and I say, you know, I really want to know what's going to make the community be a good fit because we're going to find a house. Hopefully we'll find a house for you. You know, I mean, uh, depending on what they're looking for. And so I always um, prep it before they even get here. This is what we're going to do. And I'm literally going to take them on this tour through the community, help them see different things. And obviously along the way, as I found out, if there's a church important, if uh, a you know, workout facility or YMCA, how about schools, those kind of things, and really try to get their bearings. It's not a huge area, you know, um, yeah. but try to get their bearings. And of course, uh, usually depending on, I'll try to tie some houses into that initial tour a lot. And, you know, the whole way I'm going, and now we're heading west and now we're doing that, you know, uh, just to kind of help them get a real good feel so that when they're out tootling around, you know, because people do that when they come in for a few days, you take them around and then they kind of want to go see if they got their handle on it. Um, so that's one thing that I've always done for years is I just feel like it's super important to say, hey, is our community a good fit for you? What areas are going to be important to you? What do you and, and I, I make arrangements and have them meet the principals of schools and go tour schools if the kids are with us. And, you know, if they're into like a certain church, I've reached out to the I reach out to the churches and make sure that if they're going to be here on a Sunday or if they want to meet with the pastor, our YMCA is phenomenal here. Um, so if that's important to them, because we have after school programs where they'll bus our kids into the Y so if parents are working. And so anyway, I try to learn a lot about that. So that's one thing that I've always done. And I just think it's a great tool. And, um, you know, if you only have a day with them and then they're back out, obviously you have to modify it to some extent, but I'm always engaging those types of things. Um, staging for me is a huge deal. And, um, and COVID really tested that. Be I mean, for me, it was like, I could see agents because as I, the example I gave, Hey, we've got 12 deals and it's been on the market in three seconds and who needs to stage, you know, because they're yeah. going to buy it. They're going to buy it anyway. You know, we don't have that much to pick from. And so I kept telling my agents, we are in this for the long haul. We are not in this for this quick moment in time because it is going to change. And so our reputation and how we present ourselves and, and we owe it to our clients, I feel, to help them put their best foot forward, to help to get the best price out of it. And um, so I, that's always been important to me. And so yeah. it continues to be, um, it's just, I put a ton of effort into that. It, it, I really have a hard time with agents during COVID, but now after COVID even, um, you know, when 
they get professional pictures taken and there's a laundry basket in the living room or, you know, there's beds unmade or, you know, things aren't picked up. I'm like, I would have a heart attack. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, if all of a sudden those pictures came back and that's how it was. And the way I avoid that is I prep my clients. I'm sometimes even there last minute stuff before pictures are taken, you know, because I want to make sure they turn out good. Um, an example of what happened, and this was probably in COVID, but there, we had a beautiful house. One of my agents had a beautiful house and he was a young, he was a newer agent. So I went with him when we toured and it was truly a beautiful house, great location. Um, and it was going to be a higher priced home, you know, maybe 850,000 or something like that. And so I did the walkthrough with him. And for some reason, I can't remember now, it had to go on the market fairly quickly. And so he uh, we he said they decluttered and everything. And like I said, it was beautiful. They had it. How they lived was very nice. So, okay, I trusted it. And, and we sent that out and they did the professional pictures and they came back. And it's kind of this open floor plan, living room, dining room, kitchen. And the first thing I can see in the picture is there's this green rag hanging over the sink faucet uh -huh. in the kitchen. And that's all you could see was that green rag. And so I had, I, I, it takes time to kind of help people see. I mean, a laundry basket's obvious, right? But some things, if you say, okay, here it is without all this here, now they can see the house. And so that's another major thing for me, uh, the touring, the staging, general communication, advertising, marketing, all those things. I definitely kind of have my own thing with it. But um, anyway, long yeah, answer. That's, no, what I love is that it sounds like you have taken your experience from being like a chamber president to like now you do the chamber tour as, as a realtor and you're really focused on serving your clients at a next level. And it's not just about what's important to them in a house it's making sure that they have a way to feel at home in the community and that this is going to be a good fit. So I think that's a really, really cool thing that you do. And from a, you know, from a perspective of someone who, you know, one of my previous clients in my branding agency was, um, was our local economic development organization. And we were very focused on how do we how do we entice people to want to move here? And if you, if we had, if we knew that realtors were doing that work for us, like you would be top of the list of who I would want to refer um, to, to, to be a realtor, sending someone um, who's thinking about coming to our community. Cause I know that you're going to take really good care of them and feature our community and the most positive light and show them how they're going to be a good fit. So I think this is something that all of our listeners can learn from that are, um, that are in a position to, you know, potentially get referrals from other organizations in their community um, that you can position your value in that, that way that's really unique. But now when it, and that's really for buyers, right? But then when it comes to when you have a listing, the things that you do to help their home be uh, set apart or stand out from the competition that's, that's on the market. I love what, I love what you're saying there. So we're going to dig in more on um, some of those things that, that you do here in just a moment, but tell us about how do you communicate your uniqueness to potential clients? Cause I think a lot of people do cool things in their business, but they don't do a good job of explaining it to the people that would consider them. So do you, do you have to communicate that or do, do other people do that for you? Do, does your reputation precede you when it comes to that stuff? You know, both. I think, um, obviously, when you've done it for a while, I mean, I, I get 
good reviews and my the clients are happy clients, which I'm very grateful for. So they're, therefore they do refer business to me. But I always feel I don't take that for granted. I always uh, know that I've got to go earn the next person because they, you know, people are, it doesn't matter if they're friends with somebody else. It doesn't mean they think the same. It doesn't think that their, their values are the same or whatever. So, um, so communicating, I think a lot of it is just this actually explaining things to people, whether it's the listing appointment and I I'll go through, this is what we're going to do. And, and, you know, so like if I go in for a listing appointment and I go through the house and kind of see where we think the value is and everything, I mean, that's just once through, I mean, then I go through and I'll say, okay, you know, this has to happen. This has to happen. Or if we talk through functionality, I mean, you're moving. So therefore you need to pack this up. And, and how many times have I seen that big mixing bowl on the kitchen counter that they use one time a year? I'm like, it's gotta go. Um, <laughs> and there's some things that they use every day, like the coffee pot. So can we move it for a picture and then I'll put it back on the counter. So it's there for showing I can live with that. Um, so, um, but a lot of the communication has happens to be, it's a verbal communication. I'm always trying to, like I said, coach my agents so that they also are sharing these types of things. So whether it's through actual verbal communication, we try to explain it to some extent in our marketing packet that we give them, depending on which side there, if it's our reload packet, bringing them in or our um, uh, listing packet. Um, and then, you know, just different things through some of our different social media and our um, website and that kind of thing. You know, we try to plug it. Um, but it's, it's kind of a balance because you want to, um, you want to promote yourself and the things that you do. But my focus and our focus is so much more about them that it's a balance to say, you know, I always tell my clients like a seller, you know, you're in control whole, the whole time you're in control. And a lot of times I think they feel like it's going to the doctor and they're all of a sudden they're going to go into this doctor's office and the doctor's going to, they're going to take your clothes away and go make you sit there and just wait for them and just be uncomfortable and be, have to do whatever they tell you to do. And I'm like, that's not how selling a home is, at least not with us. So you're in yeah. total control. If you don't want it to show at that time, uh, you can say no. If we don't like the price, we can do this. If you don't like, if I'm not doing a good job for you, you can fire me. And I give them permission up front. If I do not do what what you need me to do, you can fire me. But I tell them it's a two-way street. It's a team effort. Uh, we have to communicate. So if I'm not doing something you want, please tell me so I can correct it. And if you're not picking your underwear up off the door, off the floor, I'm going to ask you to do that. And you're going to have to be okay with it or the relationship won't work. So I think it's just a lot of it is just being up front, being real and helping kind of lay the groundwork, whichever direction we're going, but really listening to what's important to them and making sure that we're addressing those things um, along the way. Yeah, I love it. And I, it sounds like you, you are not only coaching your team on how to also do those things, but you, you're a great coach to your clients on how to maximize the value um, how to help their house show better the things that they need to do. And I really like that that positioning that this is a two-way street. Cause I think some people, especially when you get agents that are hungry and, and like kind of desperate for the business, it's like, whatever you need, whatever I'm, you know, but, but your positioning also feels a little different where it's like, Hey, this has got to work for both of us for it to be a good fit. And I, I love the confidence that you bring to that, um, to that relationship. Cause I think it, when you're confident in what you bring to the table, um, and are also confidently telling them what you expect of them. Um, that I think that builds a lot of trust, but it also positions you 
to be able to, you know, maximize the value for them on their behalf. Because I think when we're like, whatever you need, whatever you need, it doesn't always serve the client well, if we're not real with them and saying, get your underwear off the floor, whatever, you know, whatever those things are, like, we don't leave, you know, we don't leave stuff out on the counters when it's going to hurt it's going to hurt the experience of the people that are, are looking at your house. So I love your real talk approach to that. Um, so tell me, what do your best clients say about working with you? You know, I think the, um, the hard work, the communication, those are always terms that always come out, um, that they, and, and I always try to, I, I say this all the time. Um, it's a team effort. It's teamwork. Even in my texts, a lot of time, if I'm celebrating them through the process, you know, I, that I recognize that it takes us all. Um, and so I think they feel, and I do the little extra things. I mean, they're silly little things, but they've been in my reviews too, that, you know, I bring lollipop, I pay attention to the kids, right? So Mm -hmm. if the parents are distracted by their kids, they can't look at the house. It's just as bad as having a laundry basket or having things in the way where people can't see how their furniture would look in a house. If they have a screaming kid, then they can't focus. And so, of course, I encourage them if there's a way that their kids can be watched by somebody else so that they can really embrace the showings or whatever it might be. I try to pre-coach them on that. But some people are new here. They don't know. They just don't feel comfortable. And that's totally fine. So um, so I'll take the kids We'll go walk. We'll do whatever. I'll bring lollipops. I'll have rewards for them. But I have them in mind as well. And I know that's made a big impression on my clients, even at closings. I've picked up their kid and taken them out, you know, Uh out of the room so that they can just focus. Uh And um, it's so funny. One of my clients that I had a couple of years ago, of course, the little boy was like two and he you know, was shy and they've never want to acknowledge me. And so now we're on, we're on that. It's time to upgrade their house situation. And I saw him and he was so excited to see me and high fiving me and he's four years old now. And I'm like, Oh, "Oh, you're so much more fun now. (laughs) But he remembered and uh, he asked where his lollipops were and I had them. So there you um, go. It's, but it's just, um, they, they can see my work ethic. They know that, um, that I'm reachable. You know, I, I do try to put some boundaries around uh, that 24 seven. I kind of joke that I'm a 24 seven agent as far as a lot of agents truly don't even respond to other agents. Five o'clock by golly, if they're done, no matter if we have a deal going or we're trying to work through it. And that's difficult. Um, even when I'm working with agents. Um, so I try not to be that. Um, and, um, but I try to be respectful of my clients time too, and their time with their family and, and, um, so a lot of those reviews are a lot about just communication, good to work with, hardworking, kind of go on the extra mile, um, yeah, whatever, that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I can see why they would say that about you. What, what impact do you think that's had on your business? Oh, for sure. It's had a huge, because um, my, my, my own agents can see the referral business. I mean, that's what, what you do, right? Um, you want to have um, them so pleased because people don't stay in their homes for 40 years like they used to, you know, if they stay in it five years and especially young couples, the first time home. And I'll say, you know, this is not your forever home. So we have to think about resale, you know, we're coaching them through again. Right. Um, and so, so that referral business, or if they have a good experience that that's a huge part of my business. So I know that, um, that those things are paying off or otherwise, why would they come back to me? You know, right. I mean, I look at sometimes I'll look at a client and I feel sorry for them because if I've met them somewhere and I kind of get to know them and I feel sorry for them for some of the agents they 
kind of quote unquote end up with just because they happened to go to an open house or they happened to meet him somewhere and really didn't pick them because of anything other than they ran into them. And I just know the experience that they're not getting the best experience. And I feel bad for him because I think everybody should have a good experience um, mm. through this because it's a big, it's a big, big decision just buying a home or selling a home. It's even bigger actually moving to our area for the first time and trying to figure that out as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Jill, you know, one of the things that I love about you is that you're always willing to provide advice to, to new people coming into the industry. So tell us, what are some things that you think anyone could do to provide a next level of service to their clients? What do you think clients care most about? I, I think communication is the key because sometimes it's really hard um, when like you have a listing and you're not getting showings and you're like, I don't want to tell you no showings or, you know, no good, good news again this week. You know, yeah. that's not fun. And that's not hard. If you can say, Hey, we got this and we're going to do this. And, um, and, and you can keep them excited. But as time goes on, that's the harder part about our market now that we're kind of going back to more normal. And, uh, and it's tough because you went into, you know, 2% interest rates to, six or 7% interest rates. And it has shifted people into a whole different house. Yeah, We may have shown them homes that were 500,000 and they now can qualify for 350. They don't like that house. And that's a tough place to be uh, yeah. for a lot of people. I'll tell people from ever, I always have said, you know, I really want you to get pre-qualified. I want you to um, have that knowledge of, and some people can qualify for a whole lot, but they don't want that payment. And so, so you, you need to find out two things. One is what do you pre-qualify for? And then where do you want your payment to be so that we're showing you homes in the right range. And obviously if they can qualify for more, they may decide on their own to stretch, but, um, but they, uh, but if I show you a million dollar home, you're not going to like that $500,000 home or you're that $250,000 home. And so I think for anybody is one um, great communication, get your clients pre-qualified so that you're guiding them to the right price point, to the right properties. Um, because if you get showing them something else, their expectations are going to be far different and they're not going to love where they are at this moment mm -hmm. in their life. And, and, um, and like I said, this is a point in time. It's probably not their forever home for a lot of them, even a lot of senior clients that we have. Um, I, you know, a lot of times I get nervous if they want to have stairs because I know that they're going to have to transition to a, a no stair home at some point. Um, and try to coach them to that. But if, hey, if that's really what they want, that's fine. Um, hopefully it'll be business down the li line that, down, you know, that I can help them when they are really ready for that next step. But um, so in general, for agents out there, communication, I, I don't know if you can ever communicate too much. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you don't want to drive them nuts, but uh, making sure that they're aware, even if it's just a touch, how they're doing, you know, something's going on in their life or whatever. Those are always good things too. It doesn't all have to be about, yeah, nobody showed up again or whatever, or, mm -hmm. you know, or, and sometimes too, it's a pricing of the home, you know? Yeah. So I'd say agents get really good at your market analysis, really understand your, uh, your market and the price points. If you have brokers tour or whatever, do that. So, you know, really what's out there, um, be educated on it because it's hard when a seller has, especially after the, um, this last few years and all, you know, this inflated pricing and then people feel like they can have these huge numbers, even higher than whatever. And, and really coaching them on that. 
having it sit on the market is not to your benefit either. You know, what, what do we need to get? You know, what are your motivations? Time to sell, um, money that we have to, to gain for your next step. Um, but really coaching them because pricing too high and then sitting on the, you've lost all that excitement you've lost and their excitement goes down too. So I'd say in general for anybody, it's just straight communication, getting comfortable with the market where they are. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, let's talk more uh, about staging. So um, you mentioned a few things earlier about decluttering and stuff like that, but, um, but overall, like why is staging so important when you're listing a property? You know, um, and it's, this, this one's a hard one for sellers to overcome, especially mm -hmm. if they love their house and they love the stuff in their house. Um, but they have to, it's not about them anymore. You know, so you got to think of it. It's now a house, not a home. So uh -huh. you're trying to sell your house. Um, your home is what makes you feel good, right? And, that, and you're selling that for whatever your reason is. And we're going to find you another home. Uh, for now, you're, it's a house. It's just a fixture. And so we have to do everything we can to help the new buyer come figure out if this could be their home, you know, mm -hmm. see their furniture in it. And so the only way you can do that is to minimize as much as of you as we can. Right. So um, the first thing, the obvious things are, you know, to depersonalize pictures, take them down. You know, don't we don't want them to try to figure out if they know you, especially in a town like where we are. Everybody thinks they know everybody. And they might. So I had uh, one family came here from North Carolina. They had one. They, I got them to declutter everything. I got them to take down the pictures. One picture. They're like, I just this is our wedding picture. And they had this big wedding picture and it was green grass. So it caught your eye. And it was this huge group of people. Everybody had to figure out where it was. And I was like, that wedding was in North Carolina. They didn't know, you know, and so they had to figure out who they knew or whatever. And so when things like that happen, they don't see the coffered ceiling or the size of the room. And so we want to declutter first so they can get in. Right. Mm -hmm. Anything we don't need, box it, get it out, what, wherever it's going, uh, be gone. Um, and then it's all about light and bright. Again, we want them to have. We don't want it to be dark. We want uh, lights on. So a lot of times it's natural light, it's overhead lighting, and sometimes even lamps. Get it light and bright uh, so they can see the room, so they can kind of see if it feels dungeony, and it really isn't, what a uh -huh. disservice you're doing to that room or to the property. Um, so yeah, the decluttering, um, you know, countertops. A lot of times people have a lot of kitchen countertops. Um, and so they... It's removing that people are like, wow, there's a lot there. They didn't realize it because there's so much stuff on it. And you think conceptually people would go, well, obviously there's a lot of stuff on it. So there's, a, but they can't see it or product, product in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. Okay. We all do it. So we have 50 bottles of shampoo because we're using this for that and conditioner for that and whatever. And, and we might not even have used that bottle for a while and it's still in the bathroom. And so product it has to go away. Nobody yeah. cares about your product. We want them to see the shower or the bath, right? Um, off the, off the, you know, the bathroom counter. Um, so anyway, yeah, light, the light, bright declutter, um, everything picked up beds made. <laughs> like when your mom told you when you're growing up, make your bed and your room will look cleaner, whatever, make the bed. <laughs> I personally put white comforters on it because I've had people that have these beautiful quilts or different things. And it might have this embroidery rose on it. Well, rooms are hard to shoot, particularly if they're not really big. And so now you have this camera 
they're they're seeing that as the focal point. And again, you're not seeing the room. We want them not to see your furniture. We want them to see the room. Um, I mean, then there's a lot of things you can get into with with uh, lighting and your focal points. Um, you know, if there's a room that has a great picture window and a mountain view, or you have a fireplace that really is the focal point. For some, again, functionality wise, we may not live this way. Uh, we may be looking away from that view. We're used to the view. So we're not looking at the view because we've turned, we want our TV. So there's not a glare or whatever. And so sometimes it's actually rearranging things so that it can showcase whatever those um, great um, accents to a room or whatever. Um, some of it is just getting it out of there so it looks bigger. Um, so there's a lot of different things that you can do to help your client put their best foot forward with staging. That's why I think it's fun. It can be a lot of work. I mean, I, you know, their towels, I always bring in white fluffy towels and like, don't use them. <laughs> They're just for show. That way, like if you just got out of the shower, you don't have that hot steamy towel hanging there. You have fresh towels hanging there. So though your towels go away mm -hmm. um, or it's just those little things that um, just, again, it helps it feel clean and they can see themselves in it. They're not distracted by um, the smell of a stale towel or something yeah, like that. Or yeah. You know, one of the things I think we do as we live in our homes for a period of time is we tend to like fill it with furniture in every nook and cranny. We're like, we need more storage at a bookcase at a, you know, at an extra coffee table. And so we just pack it full of stuff. So when it comes to staging is, do you recommend that they remove furniture even, or like is, is less more, do you have any like general rules for that? Um, so it, it definitely depends on the house. My mom traveled all over the world doing training. And so she had so many cool things but literally it was just too much. Right. Um, and so then when she moved here back to Wyoming to Sheridan, um, we built her a house and she literally had to have, we had to, instead of having more of the open concept, she actually had an extra wall. She needed more wall space to put all her stuff in. It's amazing how much stuff. So, so decluttering and, and removing furniture is a definite reality. Um, of home I staged just not too long ago. Um, they had an, it was a, about a 1700 square foot house, nice house. Um, and, but, when you walked into it, you walked right into their living room, which was still an open plan, but they had a big couch and a big love seat. And the way it sat, it almost kind of felt like a barrier when you walked into this open space. And so they were moving, right? So go the couch and the love seat go. They had two recliners in their master bedroom. We moved them out there and made it just feel more open. You know, I, I educated buyers as they came in to say, you know, clearly it can hold it. Um, but you also got to see the space you're working with here. So yeah. I've definitely had furniture go bye-bye. I had one house I staged. This poor gal got moved up here from Montana um, by a family member thinking it would help her out. COVID sits in and she's all alone. Can't now socialize with anybody. And um, how she lived was tough. It was, <laughs> it was super tough. Um, and her furniture just wasn't going to cut it. She had cats and dogs and those were her things. And that was fine. So I did, you know, rented furniture and brought in the whole living room set. And, um, and of course we had sheets that were covering it when they're showing was because she still had to live there, right? Her animals were still there. Um, but, but our furniture was going to show much better. So sometimes it's actually not only taking theirs out and in the garage it went because it was going to Montana with her, but um, 
it, we had to bring in something else that presented better. And it was amazing what it did. I mean, the house I was just talking about, the 1,700 square feet, they were like, can you come to Arizona with us and come stage our house? Because they just, they kind of liked what I was doing with it. And I was like, it was nothing special. Um, yeah. But it's just funny. I said, you know, you have a certain taste and that's fine. And like you said, how we live is different than when you're showing it. And there's nothing wrong with it, you know, because a lot of people live very neat and clean. That house I was telling you about, the green rag, they, they had a lot of really nice stuff. And so I couldn't live with that shoot. So we did another shoot and I went in and decluttered it and they walked back in after we did. And they, they were a little sad at first. I mean, we had to kind of coach them through it. They were like, yeah. they felt like we didn't like their stuff and we yeah. were hiding it. And it wasn't about that. It was like, you have a lot of pretty stuff. And that's the problem. You have a lot of stuff that you're going to take yeah. with you and people couldn't see your house. And so sometimes it's just really helping them say, it's not about you now. That's the, that's the real big thing. Yeah. It's not about you. It's about them. And how do we help mm -hmm. them really love your house so you can make this next step? Uh, I think that's really wise advice. So my, my sister in Kansas is a, is a stager. So she de declutters and helps people organize their homes. And, and so I've been really blessed as a real estate investor. Anytime I have to, to show a home, she will, she will come in and come to the rescue. And um, so I've been really grateful and I feel really uh, lucky that I have had that as a resource. Um, but for people that just like, they don't have a stager, they don't, they don't know how to do it. Like, how do they get started doing that kind of thing? Now you're a certified home stager. Is that something that was really helpful to you to, to do what you're doing? Or what do you think? Do people need to go find an, a program and get certified? You know, um, I had staged for years before I got certified. I did that in the last couple of years. Uh, mm -hmm. Just, I, I just wanted to learn more and what, yeah. what else could I do? That was the only reason I did it. Uh, so I don't feel like you have to do that. I mean, if, because being a, especially like where I am, you can't be a certified stager and just do that as a business. People won't pay for it. You know, they just, mm -hmm. they, we don't have enough volume that, that, I mean, we've had companies come in and they've tried to do it and they don't make it. Uh -huh. So it's just, I think I, so I naturally could kind of see the obvious to me. It seemed obvious to me and the, the staging class was just, it gave me insight to terminology and things I hadn't really thought of as mm -hmm. much uh, or that I could take that next step. And it did definitely coach me on if I wanted to have to charge and, and do different things. Um, but I, I mean, I have a storage unit full of stuff. I rent stuff when I need to, I use their stuff as much as I can. Um, so somebody who's out there, what I would say is do the baby steps. Mm -hmm. It's basics just coaching them on. Yeah. And you don't have to do it. I mean, have them get white towels. Yeah. That's what we need. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong yeah. with saying, Hey, I'd like you to pick up some white towels and put them in your, your bathroom. You don't have to do it. Cause I bring in shower curtains and they go right over theirs. You know, I put in, you know, those kind of things and I, and I reuse them obviously um, because if they don't use them, they last longer. Um, so I would say baby steps because it costs a lot of money. It really does. And so really focus on helping them that declutter. And um, like I said, if you want to take a course, they're out there, go online. There's all kinds of courses out there. And I think I definitely learned stuff from it. Uh, but the basics I already knew. And mm -hmm. um, I use I use predominantly more than even those next steps that I did learn. So I, if somebody has an interest in it, definitely, by all means, go take a course. It's fun. 
you know, if, if you're into that, it's a it's a fun kind of course, because there's a lot of courses when you're renewing your license that we take that are like, oh, we have to take that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And th this is one that you could actually, uh, depending on the program, if it's credentialed, you might even be able to use for your continuing ed, which would be a great thing uh, because then oh, cool. it's a class you really enjoy and it can help you with your license renewal instead of saying, oh, I've got to go take this class that I really am going to go to sleep through or something. And anyway, so I would say baby steps. Think about and, and think about the obvious things, the outside. People forget about the outside. Oh, yeah. They, they focus on the inside and they forget about that curb appeal and all the junk that's sitting outside. I mean, on the one house, I mean, literally we raked. It was, I mean, raked and raked and raked. We shovel, shovel, shovel sometimes. And of course, that's not what we want to do. But there's sometimes you have clients that can't physically do it. And if you can't get the timing for somebody externally to come in to do it or whatever, sometimes you have to do it yourself. But for help coaching your clients to say, you know, those garbage cans need to go back. Those bikes and everything, we got to put them somewhere because we want them to have a good first impression. Because if they don't, some people won't stop. And with, yeah. their, with, their, with a realtor, even sometimes they'll say, we've got five houses we're going to go look at. And if they drive up and they go, mm -mm, I don't even want to go in because I'm turned off by the outside. So I would say focus on those basic things, make them make their beds. Even if you can't bring in a white comforter or whatever, beds need to be made. It's noticeable things. And when you take pictures, it's way more noticeable. You see things that you don't see when you're just there. All right. of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh. Um, so mm -hmm. sometimes I tell them, take your phone, your iPhone or Samsung or whatever you got and, uh, and take a few pictures and then look at them to see what you see. Yeah. Because sometimes that's a lot different than, um, uh, than what you think when you're walking into a room, you're like, I didn't notice that. Now I really noticed that. And if they can start making just those little tweaks, mm -hmm. I think that will help them coach their clients and better their business. And then gradually, if they want to start acquiring some things, because they're finding that, oh, yeah, it's easier for me to bring in some towels because I can reuse them and I have a place I can put them. Great. Or I, I'll make a relationship with the uh, different furniture companies locally. Some of them will actually uh, might put their furniture in there if they can put their little signs up and and mm -hmm. potentially sell it through there if it's the right type of home and mm -hmm. you don't have to pay for it. Others will charge or rental companies. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways where you don't have to like invest in buying all this and there's nothing wrong with having that either be part of your commission, uh, package with your uh -huh. clients or just flat, have them pay for it. Yeah. Um, another thing that people don't think about is cleaning, mm -hmm. <laughs> basic cleaning. Um, some people just clean differently. Yeah. <laughs> That's so kind. Yeah. You know, well, they they just um I had some clients and love my clients, six kids, but four were quads. I mean, they had quads Whoa. under four. It was a busy house, you know, yeah. and they're and and they did babysitting and all this other, you know. So there was a busy house. And so the reality is your survival mode, you know. I'm like yes. so you're in a survival mode. So how it is when you're living in it versus showing it is different. So sometimes having those connections with somebody who can come in and clean and just say, and then they can go, Oh, thank you for doing that. Um, and so I do, I have, I've worked with different, um, people and I've got a little gal that I use quite a bit for whether it's uh, prepping to, to list or, or we've got them moved out 
And um, now it's just prepping because there's nothing worse. I've closed on houses and I'm the buyer's agent. You walk in and there's toothpaste and hair in the sink or something like that. Yeah. You know, don't let that happen. I mean, whatever side you're on, you, you want to, yeah. it to be good outcome for everybody. And those are just yeah. easy things. Well, you know, Jill, it, you say they're easy things, but it is not the standard. It's not it what everybody else is doing. And so what you're describing is a commitment to above and beyond service and attention to detail. And I think that's something that no matter what business you're in, whether you're a real estate agent or in a completely different industry, like that next level attention to detail and commitment to excellence and communication I think is something that all of us can learn from. Um, so Jill, you've grown multiple successful businesses over the years. What are the personal qualities that you believe are critical for an entrepreneur to be successful? Um, well, I think one is <clears throat> what, excuse me, whatever it is, you want to love what you do, right? Yeah. I mean, to really be good at it, you got to enjoy it. If you don't, it'll show you know? And, um, so I think being passionate, so find out what your passion is, you know, work with Andrea and have her help you find your passion first. <laughs> um, but then once you find what it is, uh, and, you know, and if there's things about it, cause real estate's not easy. It is not mm -hmm. just showing pretty homes. We are counselors. We're therapists. You know, you got couples that can't see eye to eye. The market could be tough. It has financial. I mean, there's so many things. And so, um, you know, maybe that isn't all your strengths or maybe there's parts of it that you're strong at and maybe you need to have team members that you add to it that kind of offset where like me for technology i mean i can do technology but technology is going so fast as andrea said i've got my two boys that are in the yes. business they're 20 and 24 so you know they're way more quick on technology and that so I have them, you know, so that's a weakness of mine or something that I'm not, that I'm not patient. It's, it's the patience level. That's not where I want to invest my time so yeah. I can utilize their strengths there. Um, so um, I definitely lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. We were just talking about what are the personal qualities yeah, that help an entrepreneur be successful. Yeah. Thank you. So I think, so one, the passion, making sure that you enjoy what you do um, learn as much as you can, obviously, about what you're doing and try to be that expert or close to it. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to be an expert from the get-go. I have lots of new agents that I work with, and of course they're not. They took, they went to real estate school to learn how to pass the test. They did not right. go to real estate school to learn how to be a real estate agent. And a lot of times they don't realize that. I don't even know how to open up a lockbox right now. I have access to nothing. How do I go do this? I just passed the test, you know? And so depending on where you are, it doesn't, you don't, you don't have to be an expert, but if you aren't figure out where you can find it. And I just brought an agent on for that reason, because I could see that she had a lot of traits that were really good, but she was going to drown in this town if she didn't have somebody to help her walk through it. Uh, so I saw it and she was reaching out to me. And so I was willing to take her on as a new agent. So I think uh, becoming as the expert or teaming up or finding that knowledge, um, obviously communication skills is important, making people aware. I can't tell you how many times in real estate, um, especially newer agents, but agents that have come to the air and they're, oh, they're like, um, I'm so hurt. My family member or a friend that I've known forever, whatever, didn't do business with me. And once they close, they're like, they're like I didn't know you got your license. Yeah. You know, Cause sometimes you get so immersed in it. I think you forget 
that not everybody's living in your world. They got a lot going on. They got kids and things and doing. And so I always say, you know, you got to make sure they know. And it's not just one time. And people, when you're a new agent, you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah. you know, shoot my own yeah. horn or whatever. I don't want to make a big deal out. I don't want them to feel pressured. They won't make them aware though, because they sometimes they do feel bad. And if you are teamed up with somebody and they're saying, man, I really need some experience. Well, if you're teamed up with somebody who has experience, you can use that experience. Yeah. Um, to say I'm learning, but I'm working with them. And that gives me strength. So we have our personal relationship and I also have this expertise I get to draw from. So it's a win for you as well. So um, passion, experience or knowledge or gain that knowledge, have fun with it. If you're not having fun with it, you got to change something with it. And yeah. like I said, making people aware, it's all about exposure and communication and making sure people know what you're doing and whatever. Oh, great advice. Great advice. So, um, Jill, what is next for you? What are the projects that you're most excited about this year? So this year has been a transition for me, for sure. Um, thanks to Miss Andrea there. <laughs> so Andrea introduced me to the partnership last year. And so I went from being a very proud um, boutique kind of uh real estate company. I, you know, I, after years of being in it and my mother-in-law had passed, I opened up my own uh, best real estate business about five or so years ago. And I'm really proud of that because I worked hard at being that responsible broker and everything. And, and so, so when you're in that role, lots of different franchises will reach out to you and try to convince you to, to uh, make that move. And uh, I would just say no. And a lot of it was for stupid reasons, but I was proud of what I was doing. But when Andrea reached out and said, hey, there's this partnership we were starting. I'd like you to take a look at it. And so it tells you she's really good at what she does. But um, the uh, so we did make that move and we partnered with EXP. And then EXP's model is a lot of virtual and I had bricks and mortar. And so part of that was I didn't even I didn't even expect it from myself by September. So we made the move in February of last year. Um, by September, I sold my building, which was a big deal uh, because yeah. everybody had their own offices. And it was just as I started paying really attention to it, even though 10 years ago, I said, you don't need the bricks and mortar. We can, my husband kept saying, why do we keep going back to bricks and mortar? So we sold our building and moved everybody home. And then I really was evaluating, you know, what it's, it's all good and great to have a lot of agents, but if they're not producing, it's just babysitting, right? Because mm -hmm. I end up caretaking. I'm a mom, so I caretake for people. Um, and so then it was kind of transitioning that. And so we've worked on systems and processes because moving home, it's changed how we do business yeah. uh, a little bit more, you know, than when you have these certain routines. And so we've kind of gone through all that transition. And so now we're for this year, our focus is really on improving those systems and processes for our clients, really helping grow some of those and get really good at these this new way so that they're, you know, because people were like, oh, where's your flags? Are you out of business or whatever, you know, and trying to make sure they know we're still here. I mean, that's a big part of it. And it hasn't been a problem. Um, and so uh, one thing with the XP is they have um, an opportunity to help introduce this to other agents called Revenue Share, Rev Share. And so I really am at a point now, I love to recruit. I love to help coach and train. I've done it for so long. And so I really believe that, hey, if you can convince me to give up my brokerage in a sense, I didn't have to. The nice thing was I got to bring my brand with me. 
So yeah. I just say brokered by EXP, but I got to keep all my colors and I got to keep everything I branded and worked so hard for, which was huge. If you're a business owner, you have to go buy all that stuff again. It's super expensive. So, um, so now we're just, we've embraced this new brand that's with EXP. And so a lot of my time is going to be focused on obviously getting us better, more financially secure in this new role. And, um, and really work in our revenue share. And then I've had an opportunity to kind of step in and, and help the partnership as well. And I'm excited about that, helping them grow the relationship between the Reen Group and uh, EXP. And so I'm excited about that opportunity to really help introduce uh, this to other agents out there that are, that are looking for a change and this might be a better fit for them. I'm so excited for you. And I think what a great fit um, for you to be able to step into that role because of your incredible experience. I think new agents and experienced agents alike can learn so much from you because um, you're obviously doing so many things right. And you have that, that sort of coaches mentality and being able to help other people step into their next level of success um, in particular as an agent. So people all over the nation could, and, and all over the world, honestly, can join um, EXP and can join your team. And so if, if anybody here is listening and you, you'd like to join someone's team and you're going to be working from home, uh, I just encourage you to reach out to Jill. She's got, she can share with you what the options are. And, um, and if you want to be part of an amazing, amazing group of people doing real estate at a high level, um, reach out to Jill. So Jill, if our listeners want to connect with you or want to be part of, um, you know, making a difference. Um, so how can they, how can they connect with you? I mean, I'm pretty easy. I mean, I, I don't care if you text me, you can call me. Uh, and uh, do you want me to tell you my number or do you want to? If you, well, if I were you, I would share an email address <laughs> instead of a phone number because yeah. you might get your phone so, blowing up here. So. Yeah. So my email address is super easy. It's just Jill, J-I-L-L at best, B-E-S-T-W-Y, like Wyoming.net. So Jill at best, W-Y.net. Or you uh -huh. can go out to Facebook and um, you can either go to me personally. It's Jill Arnie Bates, A-R-N-E-Y, Jill Arnie Bates. That's my personal one. Or um, best real estate. Um, and you'll find us out there, Best Real Estate Broker by EXP. And we have a big red logo. Uh, and, and so those are a couple of easy ways to get out. But I, I'm always willing to talk, always willing to help. And um, whatever I can do, I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. That's why that's why I invited you today because you're so much about providing value to other people. And I think our listeners got so much value learning from how you do business today. So, um, Jill, I would love, we want to issue a challenge to our listeners. What is one thing you would challenge our listeners to do to take bold action this week? So uh, how about if I give you a couple? Yeah. It'll be easy. So one is, since we were talking about staging, I just challenge you, whether you have your own listings or just get on your multi-level or, or uh, Zillow or Realtor.com, get on something and just start looking at the pictures and see what you see. Because I think you will be surprised. You'll be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they left it like that or didn't do that. And I think just heightening that awareness. So that will take a lot of your time. And I think you'll kind of think it's fun. Um, so I, that would be one challenge. I said, just go out and really just pay attention to it. Or mm -hmm. if you have broker store or anything, walk through and, and look at it differently. Don't just look at the layout of the house. Look at like how it's presenting and and would you be proud to represent that or how would you do different? So that's that's one. Uh, two is my personal motto is to make it a great day. 
And, and I use the word make by choice. How many times have you heard people say, oh, they ruined my day or whatever. Uh -huh. You're allowing things to change how you felt from the get-go in the morning. And so I, um, I, I made a choice a long time ago that said that to make it a great day because I think it's a choice. So I think if you can use that uh, mentality and as your day is going through and if something's turned, just how can I re how can I pivot? How can I recorrect and make it better? Maybe it won't be perfect, but make it better. And my last thing is to all you amazing women out there, um, you're hardworking, loving, amazing women. This Sunday is Mother's Day. And so <laughs> go make it your day. I, I've told my family, and it hurts my mom's feelings every year, but I've told them a long time ago, there's two days out of the year that I get. I get my birthday. I get to pick what I want to do on my birthday and Mother's Day. And I know you're my mom, but I have to have that day because as moms, we give and give and give to everybody else all the time. And it's so easy not to give to yourself. So I challenge you, if you want to go do something fun, go do something fun and make it amazing. If you just want to not do anything and relax and have somebody else do the groceries and the laundry and pick up after themselves, you deserve it. So happy Mother's Day to everybody. That's my challenge to you to make it great. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, Jill, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing from your wisdom and experience and your personal uniqueness. Well, thank you. I, I mean, you're such an inspiration to me. I've learned a lot from you over the last year and, and look forward to continuing to do so. Um, I, I appreciate our friendship that we've uh, developed and uh, feel very blessed that it's these different things in life. You introduced me to the, to the partnership. Uh, otherwise, I might not have ever met you and you're a true blessing and a rock star. I love it. You're one of my favorite travel buddies. We go to conferences <laughs> together often. So thank you so much, Jill. You bet. Well, if you're, if you're listening to this and you want to gain more clarity in your life and in your business, I want to invite you to join me for a free workshop for women entrepreneurs on how to build your personal clarity, confidence, and connections. So you can increase your income, live your best life and inspire others to do the same. You can register for free for my next workshop at andreaingstrom.com. And if something on the show today resonated with you, if you loved what Jill shared, would you let us know by giving us a review on the podcast? Just click how many stars that you think we deserve. And if you're a women, woman entrepreneur, join my Facebook group, Bold Women in Business Sisterhood, where I share strategies for clarity, confidence, and powerful connections so that you can build the business and the life that you deserve. So till next time, I'm Andrea Ingstrom, encouraging you to take action on your dreams. You are the one who makes your dreams come true. Show up to your life with power and authenticity. Be bold, be tenacious, and make it happen.